0: People have so many different interpretations of what describes the perfect love life. It can be hard to talk about how we feel. Until now. Welcome to Pillow Talk with Cheryl, featuring host and relationship expert Cheryl Besner. Cheryl's kind of like your BFF easy to talk to and frankly honest. Whether it's about love and relationships, sex and desires, she's here along with some great experts. Now, here's Cheryl Besner.
1: Hi everybody, Cheryl Besner on Pillow Talk with Cheryl. I'm your certified relationship coach and the host of this show. And first I want to start off by thanking our sponsors and remind you to stick around to the end of today's show because there is a contest and you can be part of it. The Sexy Lifestyle Network does have a gift just for you and you don't want to miss your opportunity to register for it. This place, this zone is a safe zone, just like you get when you come to one of my signature retreats on Get Up To Date With Life. I give you a place to reflect, to feel secure, to share your thoughts if you want with me via Facebook. Don't forget, you can always reach out to me through Facebook or Instagram. I am there for you. And I also have an 800 number. 844-744-SOLO is the number you can reach me at. And I will get back to you within 24 hours and respond to any questions you might have because that's what I'm here for. Now. If you want, also, you can be part of the question and answer period like I'm going to do right now. Send me a question on CherylBesner.com and I will respond to you if I can on air. And today, it's very much in keeping with the conversation that we're going to be having a little later with my two guests. It's about love, and the single parent, and how we deal with relationships and bringing new people into our world, and how fast we should do it. And we're going to continue that conversation with those guests a little later, but first I do want to respond to a question that was sent in to me from my website, because remember, you have three ways to send me your questions, social media, Facebook, Insta, and the website itself. So, this is from The Humble X. I have been separated for seven months and started dating someone two months ago. My birthday is coming up and I thought it would be nice to celebrate with my three kids and my new beau, a family dinner type thing. My ex and I are friendly and he knows everything that goes on in my life and we fully support each other on every level right up to me decorating his apartment. Fully supportive, that is, until now, when he blew a gasket when I told him my plans to introduce him at my birthday dinner. Do I back down just to please him or forge ahead with my plan? So here's what I'm going to say, humble. This is not about, you know, backing down to please him. It has nothing to do with it. Now, the two of you have this great relationship, and that's wonderful, and, and I hope that it continues forever, and if you've started off that way, I bet you it will. But there's more important things to think about here, and that's the kids themselves. After seven months, you might be ready to introduce them to somebody that you've met a couple months ago, but they may not be ready to do that yet. And they're still possibly adjusting to this new way of life and their new life and new transition in a family before they are ready to open up their hearts and minds to somebody else. And the other part is, two months does not make a relationship. Now, you didn't say in here, I have fallen madly in love. I know this is the man of my dreams. And maybe it, maybe he is. But the fact is, usually after two months, you don't know that. And you don't necessarily even know when you're only seven months out of your relationship. I usually tell people, you know, enjoy and and date you might want to do some self-reflecting first. And maybe you did that already before you got separated. And that's great also. But there are other hearts involved here. So your husband or your ex-husband might have a deeper reason that I'm guessing. And that is the children themselves. And a revolving door is not what we want for our children. And I know that when I first got separated, that was a decision that we made is that we didn't introduce anybody to our children for the first year and and that we were separated. And then even unless we were quite certain that it was serious and I can tell you from myself and now we're all different. um, For me, it was, it had to be serious. And that took a few years, actually. There is a way in which you can do this on your birthday. If you really want, and you think that this is the person and, and you, you are starting to even talk about a future together. Here's what you can do. Don't make it a family dinner. Make it a birthday celebration. Invite a lot of people to your house so that this person gets mixed into the entire party and the entire celebration. This way, he's not, you know, this is my friend Fred because they are too smart. They know that this is not a friend and the next question is, yeah, is it a friend with benefits? So think about that if you want. Otherwise, you know, you're going to have to have conversations eventually with your children as to their comfort level and you have to let them it go at their level now not yours that's my advice and i'm sticking to it and i'm going to ask somebody else's advice right now because as always we get into the show and it's the segment called wise whispers from down under and i'm not talking about under the sheets i'm talking about from australia where our very own real life dr phil weighs in on the topic of the week so Phil, good morning, because I know right now it's morning where you are, and welcome to the show, as all.
2: Oh, good morning, Cheryl. Good morning, listeners. It's uh, great to be back on air with uh, Pillow Talk with Cheryl, and wise whispers from down under. So.
1: And now this is about soulful reflections, which is also the title of your book, and we are soulfully respect, uh, reflecting on children. And dating, and uh, I know you were listening to what I was saying, and and about our humble ex and uh, her question. What do you think,
2: um, Cheryl? It's it's it is a big question. I and again with my experience of working with people, I've actually come across that question more times than I I, I could count on my hands and toes. Um, I'm a little bit like you. I I, I think there's a a, ch- a time that a respectful time um, to be able to introduce children to a a new bow or a new partner or a new love. Now, I think there are, and from experience I'm finding that, there are a lot of people who all of a sudden fall deeply in love or fall quickly in love and they go, oh, my God, you need to meet my children and everything and and introduce them. And unfortunately, if it doesn't work out, those children are traumatised.
1: Right, because... But they form attachments too, right? I mean, it's not just you who gets attached to the person. Then they get attached to them. Especially
2: especially if this is your new dad or this is your new mom. um, And these kids do form attachments. And they they do it. I've just recently had someone who's broken up in a relationship, and they've been in a relationship for about three years. The kids are devastated. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the person's devastated themselves. But those kids are so traumatised that they're going again, they've lost their father in this case for the second time or a person who was a father figure. And that's what I think our listeners should be aware of is kids do want to be loved, they want to be connected, they want to see their parent happy, and they will do what they can to help that situation.
1: And it's very important also that they were the parent, whoever it is that's thinking about introducing their children to somebody that they also remember and in this case there is only seven months since the separation, they themselves are still probably dealing with the separation because even if for instance, you know you are separating from your 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 beloved or your your assumed to be ex, the relationship that you've been in. You might have been talking about it with your ex for a year, two years, five years, we don't know, right? I'm working through trying to see if you can mend the relationship. So you have time to prepare. But when you tell your children that mommy and daddy are separating, well, they start healing or they start dealing before they start healing. There. So these children have possibly only started dealing with the separation, never mind healing from it seven months ago. Exactly. Um, you
2: know, I, I think Cheryl. I really think in this in this case, the that, that mum would be wise. And I like your idea of of, of having a, a, a if she's going to have a birthday, they have a big birthday party. But the challenge there again is, you know, when you're connecting with someone at a love level, it's going to become very apparent to to a lot of people. Um, well,
1: it does become a more apparent... I think in that it's a subtlety that... And especially if the two of you decide how you're going to, you know, really... to mentalize that night. Yes.
2: The game plan. But those kids, I, I look... I, I would suggest to her that she really... Um, as I said, those kids are di- still dealing with the, the, the dis- disenfranchisement of their family. And I'm really believing that that mum should probably take longer yet and also then be able to build a relationship with her children on her own, um, which means putting her needs aside for a moment and putting her children's needs first. And if she can do that, she's going to have a greater chance when she does meet someone or with this guy that the children may better accept them.
1: And that's something else that I wanted to say in in reference to this. Like, if you're there and you're listening to this and any of this is resonating with you, there'd also... You don't have to rush something, and and if this woman is possibly afraid that if she doesn't do it, it won't move forward. Well, then this isn't the right, right relationship either. Absolutely. You know, if somebody's going to come into your life and into your family and be part of that, then they have to respect the full boundary of it, and they will wait for you. A lot of women think that they stand a chance of losing the relationship if they don't move forward fast enough and, and do the introductions. And, and I will even say that some women even use that thinking that, well, if I bring them in, they won't want to leave me because they'll be more attached to my parents, to my friends and, and creating this whole world. And that's, that's a danger zone for you to be in because that's also saying you may not be secure enough within this relationship. And in this case, you might not be, especially after two months.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, Cheryl, look, it it happens with both men as well. And I've got some guys, and unfortunately, a lot of men, after coming into a new relationship, become quite needy. Like, they just they really need to be loved or need to love someone. So it also can happen with with the guys. So any of the guys... 100%.
1: Take
2: your time, man. And and for the women, take your time. Um, I mean, the best thing my wife ever did to me in our courting period... Was made me take my time. She kept me at bay. She kept me hungry.
1: (laughs) She made you work for it, right?
2: (laughs) I was going to wait. I was going to wait because that's what I wanted.
1: And men will wait. So, ladies, gentlemen, please don't rush it. Take your time. Remember, there's more hearts than just yours. And, um, you know, think, I always say, think with your heart, but in this case, think with your head because there's other hearts there that, that need you to think for them. Phil, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your thoughts with us here on Pillow Talk with Cheryl. And uh, The Wise Whispers from Down Under is always a pleasure to share with you.
2: Okay. Love it. See you next week. You have a great, great show
3: and a great thank day. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Phil. And don't forget, guys. Dr. Philip Morphew and his book is Soulful Reflections, available on Amazon. You also want to stay tuned and stay on the show right to the end because I will be sharing my intimate words of provocation and meditation with you, something that will carry you through the week and you will also be getting coming up. The labor of love technique that I'm going to share with you, that kind of addresses on how we can move forward together and in these relationships and when is going to be the right time because you're going to feel it through this labor of love. So stick with us. Don't go away. And in the meantime, go onto Facebook. Check out what we do there because you know what? I share a lot of information on my social media and a lot of techniques and inspirational thoughts for you. So, check us out and stay with us right here on Pillow Talk with Cheryl.
4: You're listening to the Sexy Lifestyle Talk Radio Network.
0: What is your level of sexual expertise? Want to find something new? Listen for Sisters of Sexuality every week on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. There's no judgment here, and every topic is safe and sex positive so we'll explore them together. It's time to push your sexual boundaries and try some new experiences with your hosts, Taylor Sparks, Parrish Michelle Blair, and Jet Setting Jasmine. With Marla Renee Stewart and Tiffany Janae, you won't want to miss a single show every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and Sexy Playscape, while the stay-dry barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own throes of passion, waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now. We're listening to Pillow Talk with Cheryl. If you have a question or comment about the show, send an email to info at CherylBesner.com That's info at Cheryl B-E-S-N-E-R dot com. Now, back to Pillow Talk. So
1: here we are, Pillow Talk with Cheryl, and going to start the conversation that you might really be interested in today, especially if you are single, single mother or father, and it's all about how we interact with each other, how we interact with our children, and the the trials and tribulations of bringing somebody new into our family, the family that exists between us and our children, and how to do it that respects everybody. And today, I have two guests that are joining me, both of them are single, and two different points of view. We have Mona Andre. She is a comedic blogger and as well an author of a new book that's coming out in 2019 and it's called Superwoman. Welcome to the show Mona. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. And I want to let you do the tagline because I love it. Superwoman. A funny and reflective look at single motherhood. And you would know it. You have four children and uh, from two different relationships and you've been through it, right? Oh, yeah. It's not my and first rodeo. When it it's came. not your first rodeo. <laughs> and I, I've been there myself, as everybody knows. So I know what you have gone through. And I also know what, from a different point of view, my second guest has gone through. His name is Mark Lazar. He is a single dad. And he is a businessman in Canada and also the author of a fantastic book, Daddy Loves You. Welcome to the show, Mark.
3: Hi. Thank Hi. You. Thanks <laughs> for having me.
1: It's a pleasure to have both of you, and and I've had the opportunity to talk with Mark um, over the years, and Mona, and just you know our brief conversations as well about how we have each dealt with dating and relationships, and bringing our children and potential mates into the realm. And I really wanted to dive right in there with you. And, and I want to start, I'm going to start with you, Mona. Uh, sorry, Mark uh, girls first in, in this case. Um, do you think that it's different what you've experienced versus what a man might experience when it came to starting to date again?
5: Uh, honestly, I think that it depends more on the gender. I think it depends more on the parents age um, I first became a single mom when I was 24 years old, and I can tell you that, that at that age, I was still a kid myself. I felt very much alone. No one my age was interested in hanging out with someone that had kids, and I believe that if I had been older, more established, it would have been easier.
1: So, what do you think, Mark? Do you think that there's a different a difference in gender or age, the way Mona saying?
3: Um, it's a good question. I, I think it's more age than gender. Um, I think that, uh, although I do think that um, it's still a maternalistic society, so women, for the most part, end up having uh, their children with them for the majority of time, regardless of the um, agreement. It's still, for the majority, it's still the classic, you know, two days a week and uh, every other weekend kind of thing for the men. So the result is that the men have a lot more freedom. Uh, and uh, women women don't. I've, I've had discussions with women where they say, I don't want my husband to have my kids so much, and I say, you might want to rethink that. <laughs> like, what you're doing is saying, I don't want freedom, and I want him to have freedom to meet other people, to have a social life, to restart their life.
1: So the reason I, I comment on the, the gender, and, and I'm going to put this out there for all of you at home to kind of think about, and, and it's a thought-provoking point is I'm going to go back to somebody that I talked with years ago when I was blogging and it was a male who had lost his wife and he was having a lot of problems being a single parent and this is why his response was people expect me to automatically be the maternal and have the maternal instinct and I never had it and I can't just invent it. It's easier for the women that I know who have lost their husbands because he was going to support groups because they already had that maternal instinct, so they didn't have to rise to something new. They had to learn a whole new set of challenges which were not emotional. They might have been financial or you know keeping track of certain things that they never had to. What do you think about that, Mona?
5: I think, um, no offense to men, but I do think that women have this, have a strength that men don't have, where we will learn to fix the plumbing when we have to. Um, and again, I mean, no offense to men, but I, I do think that women have this inner strength that just comes out when, when we need it.
1: And, and I, I don't disagree with you, except for the fact is we're talking about, for instance, the plumbing is a skill sense that we can learn, emotional connection to another individual or to our to our children is a very different it's not a skill set it's something that that you know it's it's yeah well silly and and i know mark for instance i know you were you're very emotionally connected to your daughter so do you do you think you had more of a capability or is it something that you learned with time on how to connect emotionally
3: no I, i don't know i think it was a decision I don't, I don't know about um, the learning part. I think people have to make a decision of, they, they, uh, they wrote in Daddy Loves You, the book. I mean, uh, you, you should make it. I believe that a decision has to be made by both parents that they brought this child and children into the world. And that's their focus um, as partners. And then they have their own independent lives. It's not learned. I think it's just uh, sometimes it has to be enforced, you know, in a strange way, emotionally enforced. You can't legally force someone. But there's, you know, there's there's parents that even though they have possession of their child children, that they'll leave them with babysitters all the time and, and go out anyways. Um, and then there's the reverse, you know, where they feel that they have to be with them all the time. And then there's a, a balance, I believe.
1: Ah, the balance, the the proverbial balance, and that's a lot of, of hard work for some people. And Mona, a lot of a lot of people when I speak with them at different functions, whether it's at large summits or in some of the workshops that I run or the retreats, the the women tend to feel very much like, well, men need a woman in their life very quickly, so the priority becomes dating and and going out over the children. What do you think and what was your experience in that? do you think you had a balance with your ex-husband? Um, a balance well in terms of affecting the kids
5: no because my the father left he left uh, he, he traveled like he just left to the other side of the country. So I do see that my kids missed that male influence especially yeah I see that a lot as but to your point, Men do tend to start dating sooner, and that's just what I've noticed. I I can't tell you why. I think women, maybe they carry guilt. They feel they need to focus more on, on their kids than on the inside rather than the outside. I can't tell you why that is. It's just something I've noticed.
1: Well, in general, and, and again, it's general and statistically, men do like to be in couple. And it's not necessarily the same for anybody. And a couple doesn't necessarily mean committed relationship. It just means having the other partner there. Um, and a lot of divorce, men statistically more often than women leave with somebody else already in the wings, if they're leaving, so that there's just some statistics out there, um, but it, it's not—it's not for everybody. Mark, what about what about what we're talking about here? How do you feel about men, and do you think that men do start dating in general, in your opinion, and from maybe your your male friends, faster than the women have, and why?
3: Well, I think first of all, I don't think men look at dating the same way women do.
1: Okay. You're right on that one, <laughs> 100%. I think we'll all agree on that, right?
3: So there's a big start, you know, that that men look at dating as, as dating, you know, as an activity. And they want to get out there and they look at the, their social relationships. Of course, we're generalizing. Uh, while men, women, especially when they have children, are looking for, should I be, Should I allow this person into my life? Should um, what's What's it going to be like? You know, is he going to be a decent to my parents, to my parents, to my children? And um, they're also maybe reassessing their reasons for having gotten into the relationship that turned bad and want some time and calm. Uh, men, uh, you know, like to rush into traffic.
1: and don't like to ask for directions i can tell you as a coach i have more women of like 10 to 1 than men who reach out to me and if men are reaching out to me it's normally because they want to meet somebody and not necessarily because they want to reflect and and expand their emotional connection to themselves and and grow as an individual they're really doing it purely for matchmaking um mona what do you think about this when it comes to the women Versus the male.
5: I think it's a hard question to compare. I've seen men that they just, they just want to be in a relationship. They just, they don't want to be alone. I've seen women that don't want to be alone, but they're more reluctant to get back into a relationship. They would like to just focus more on their kids and also there's a time thing too, right? If you don't have the time alone or the freedom alone to, to do things on your own, when are you going to socialize? So you're going to be your
1: you know, little partners in a way. Well, that's a big, big question also for a lot of people is do you think, Mark, do you think men in general, don't take the time to reflect and, and look back on what worked, what didn't, what was their part in a relationship coming to, to an end and what they want to do different and who they are as an individual as much as women do? I think women I,
5: are definitely more analytical. <laughs> what do
1: you think, Mark? <laughs> what I do you think, Mark?
3: I don't think either party does. Frank.
1: Oh, I can tell you that's not true.
3: Well, I don't know how honest they are with themselves. How's that? Okay, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that talking about it with their friends and yes, men don't won't talk about it in the same depth that women will talk to their friends about it. That's but okay. is talking about it and conversing really self you know, being looking in the mirror mm-hmm. and and being honest with yourself about why things went well or went badly or where it went badly, when it started, you know, because the day you get you split up, it really is like, I use the analogy of stopping at a stop sign. Nobody right. stops right at the stop sign. You're hitting your brakes well, well before, maybe a half a block before. So when you actually, things started happening maybe a year before, two years, three years before.
1: We're talking about love and the single parent here today with my two fabulous guests, male and female point of view, Mona and Mark. And we're going to continue the conversation because it is a really important one and get to when to start introducing your children to potentials here on Pillow Talk with Cheryl.
0: Craving more from your sexy lifestyle? Search our businesses, services, blogs articles and videos and keep in touch with us by subscribing to our newsletter all on thesexylifestyle.com Mystery Vibe is where the best of humanity and technology combust into your pleasure. Personalized, the world's first body adapting vibrator, Crescendo adapts, bends, wraps and vibrates in your every curve and crevice. Use solo, duo, trio or more, and with an app control that commands your pleasure across 12 presets. Oh, and you can even make your own vibration. Crescendo is adored by all, from feminists to Orbs. go to mysteryvibe.com now for your pleasure personalized
5: when the lights are off that's no reason not to light things up lube light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones no more slippery midsection unless you're into that you can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind no matter what lube gets you vibing it's compatible with lube light Easier to turn on than your last partner, guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe.
0: Are you ready for clit-whispering healthy talk? Tune in to the Get Mine Healthy Pleasure Radio Show. Founded and hosted by Dr. Moffay, Peraza Godoy, and Dominique Koretsis. This program will answer all of your burning questions in a frank, casual, and uncensored manner. We'll tell you what we know and improve what you know. Turn the lights down. Grab a hot cup of whatever and join us every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time for the Get Mine Healthy Pleasure Radio Show on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. Thanks for being here. Pillow Talk with Cheryl Besner will be back next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific time and 8 p.m. Eastern time on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. You'll want to make sure you're back for more great pillow talk. We are back
1: with Pillow Talk with Cheryl. And today's show, again, is all about love and a single parent. And, of course, That includes our children, because children are going to be part of our relationship and our dating world if we are the single parent. And I'm talking today with two very special guests. First of all, it's Mona Andre. Mona, welcome back. And Mark Lazar, as well, is joining us. So welcome back, Mark, as well. So, guys, we were talking about... You know, the difference in emotional connection and time constraints and all these different elements and the difference between male and female. But it also has to deal with who has the children more often. And Mark, you made a really good point that having that shared time and having another person to be able to hand off the children once in a while so you can have a social life is something that a lot of people don't even realize is such a strong value. And and can you talk on that a little bit with us?
3: Well, yeah. I mean, I I remember talking with uh, women that were getting divorced friends of mine. And and one of the big issues that that always came up was, you know, my husband wants, you know, from Thursday night to Monday, and I don't want him to have so much custody time. And then, and And, uh, my response was, What are you talking about? You're going to, you know, you're going to savor the weekends that you don't have your children. Not that you don't love your children, but you're going to savor that free time. You can go out with your girlfriends, you can go out on a date, you can just sit home and do whatever you like. I mean, people don't realize, or they come to realize, how much time we all, even when we're married, have to give to our children. And how little of our own personal time we have when our children are young. So and especially because
1: when we're married also, we do have we don't even realize how often we do get that handoff moment, you know, where it's like, okay, I need to go take a bath and you you know, Moni, you were saying that you divorced very, very young, so you had little kids. You don't have that person to say, Listen, I want to go take a bath or go for a run, can you, you know, watch the kids or the kids are sleeping. How did you deal with that, Mona? Because, as you said, your ex-husband moved out of the country. Yep.
5: Actually, I can remember thinking, I would just love to be able to go pee and not be disturbed. <laughs> they're, they're just always with you. So, yes. But then you kind of start, I don't know. I remember, so we didn't. I didn't have a lot of time by myself, but then we started creating our own traditions. On Friday nights, the girls and I would make, uh, you know, we'd have picnics in the living room on the floor and have a movie. That became our Friday night tradition. So that was our, our socializing, our time. But then um, later on, when my, so the second divorce, if I can call it that, the kids were, I remember thinking that being a single mom is the best thing in the world because that father stayed around and he would have
1: them on the weekend. So it was like, yeah, I have a weekend. So I, I went through both. So I have a question about that because it's, it's something that I've dealt with many times with some of my clients. And I'm, I'm wondering how it, how it affected you because you had that second husband and the first husband wasn't in town. When he would take the older children or the, the two children that he fathered, did he also include the younger two children? Well, or the there's, older two children? Yeah, there's, two, there's 10
5: years difference. So by the time we broke up, my older girls were on their own. They were right. really early, well, young adults. So, but they did keep a relationship with him for a very long time, actually. They would go and visit him without me, without, you know, the, the other two kids.
1: That's beautiful because a lot of people do face that and what happens when two people split up and you've developed this relationship and I know that I come from a divorced family and I have a stepfather and if my parents, God forbid, decided not to be married tomorrow, you could be sure that I would want a relationship with them and he would want one with me. So for all you single parents out there who might be in that position, think about that because relationships are relationships and divorce does not necessarily divorce you from the children even when they are your stepchildren or your adopted children, if they're adopted. Mark, how do you feel about something like that? Have you been in a relationship ever where there were children and got attached to them? I don't know if you have or have not, actually.
3: Well, interestingly enough, I was just thinking about that visitation. And when my daughter, uh, when my ex-wife remarried and she had another child, so whenever I would go over to pick up my daughter or... Especially when my daughter was sick. And I would bring little presents. You know, there's this a hotel called Wink And I would go in and they'd wrap up a bunch of presents. And I'd bring them to her. And I always brought one to her younger sister, her half-sister. You know, and then when I would bring my daughter out. And uh, I would bring her half-sister with us sometimes for breakfast and stuff. And I remember one day she turned to my daughter. And she said, you're so lucky. You have two daddies. I only have one
1: that's so sweet <laughs> the, one being,
3: the one being her her natural father and my daughter's stepfather so it was it was kind of funny that way but and we still to this day have a really good relationship and, and when i see her sister you know we came to color my adopted daughter said, mm-hmm. well, one day people would come over in the restaurant and say well, who's this other girl and, <laughs> and i you know it's a big explanation, and I, I finally turned. And I said, We have to figure out what I'm going to call you. You know, so my daughter's name is Shira. I can't say Shira, but she was So I said, I'm going to call you my adopted daughter. Is that okay? And she said, Yeah.
1: I always love it uh, when I would be out with my stepfather, and somebody would say, not knowing he was my stepfather and and he would say, oh, yeah, you know what? You two look alike. <laughs> that, that that seems to be a common thing. I want to share with everybody right now because every week on, on this segment, I always do a labor of love. And that's a technique, you know, to kind of hit, tune in with yourself with whatever the subject that we're talking about. And I thought this week that the labor of love that I wanted to share with you is how you can kind of decipher whether or not It's time to introduce somebody to your children. And that's going to come at different stages. But one of the things that you can use as a marker is a technique that I use, even if you're not thinking about that, and that's determining your lifestyles, values, and goals, the LVG. And what that does is it's something that you work on yourself with, and you have to decide what is your lifestyle? How do you want to live your life? How, what is your own natural time clock even? You know, Do I get up early? Do I go to sleep early? Know the lifestyle. Do I like to travel a lot? The values. What, what is important to you? Is trust? Is family important to you? And the goal. Do you want to be married? Do you want to just live with somebody again? And then have that in reference to the person because you should know those things about the person that you're dating long before you can consider meeting the children. Because I'm going to stand on this premise. And this is the advice that I gave at the beginning of the show to the person who wrote in at Ash Cheryl. I believe that when there's children they are a responsibility and before we go introducing people we should know that this is somebody serious in our life and somebody that we think that we will be spending a lot of time with because otherwise especially when we're newly separated we might meet a lot of people and and then we don't want a revolving door and people being introduced over and over again to our children I think there's a protection that we have to give and also showing them what a a relationship is and what devotion is and commitment is to somebody so I want you to think about that so LVG what are your lifestyles values and goals and see if that mirrors the other person because that might determine whether you want to just have that person as somebody that you see individually on the side that's not part of your family life or if it's somebody that you can see bringing into your family life because the fact is they are going to be introduced to your family so let's get back to it Mona um, when you started dating, the question I threw out there this week on on Facebook was, how long till you start introducing your children? What do you think is, and how did that work for you?
5: I love your uh, your reference point of checking in to see if, you know, if there's a matching lifestyle and goal that's very good. Um, I think it starts orga- slowly and organically. Um, I th- I'm going to share this story, actually. It's the one that I love the most. So, when my, so my parents were divorced. And when my father started dating my stepmother about 11,000 years ago, <laughs> out, yeah, we started out by hanging out with her on weekends, but we would always drive her home after supper. Then eventually she would sleep over, but she would sleep with me. I had a big bed. And then one day my dad asked, is it okay if Debbie sleeps with me tonight? And I was like, of course. Like she had just fit in so well and they had done it so gradually that it it was, it just felt natural. There was no shock. There was no, is she taking over mom's, you know, place? It was just, I don't know, it stuck with me. I didn't notice that at the time, but when I became an adult, it was, I thought he handled that very, very well.
1: Now, what do you think about this, Mark? And thank you for sharing that story with us, Mona. Mark, what do you think about introducing children?
3: Well, I've I've always been a believer that uh, you have to to know where you want this relationship to be long-term. And the second thing is, there's three things. The second thing is always remember that you're now also teaching your children the definition of relationship. They're already generally speaking again, they've just broken a relationship that they thought was for life and their mother and their father together for whatever the reason is. Now that doesn't exist. Now they're keeping grips with that by introducing continuously new faces to everybody. Now you're. what are you telling them about what life relationships are all about? Uh, when I dated, it was... Um, I made sure that really... Uh, when my daughter was mine for the weekend, uh, she was mine. I didn't uh, date, I didn't get a babysitter. It was my decision and I found that, yes, it did affect relationships with them because this was a very big telling point for them of how serious I was about them and where I, by not introducing my daughter to them, they felt that, well, he's not committed to me long term. And my, which was definitely my attitude of, when I'm absolutely sure that this is the right person for me long-term, then I will introduce them. Otherwise, what am I saying? This is daddy's friend. This is, you know, I didn't want her to see a, a litany, a long list of friends coming in and out of the house. that are just friends.
1: Right. And, and I do think that this, that's very, very important. And, and one of the things that I think that we, we should hold on to is the fact that, especially in, in this day and age, how many people are coming through? and. The question that a lot of people have is, well, if I'm a single parent like Mona, or let's say like myself, I'm a single parent 24-7. If you don't introduce the person, then you don't even get a chance to really get to know the person because there's only so many hours in a day. And especially if you've got younger children at home, they are with you 24-7. You don't have a choice rather than not seeing that other person. So I'm going to ask you, How do you feel about it? And I'd like you to weigh in on this and you can reach out to me on Facebook or on Instagram because what you have to say is very important to me because that's what this show is all about. We're going to continue this conversation on The Talk with Cheryl right after this.
0: Sexy is back and we've got it going on all the time here on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. Are you ready for your erotic
1: journey? Join host Lexi Silver every week for SDC's Seek, Discover, Create, the radio show. Whether you're new at this journey or well-traveled on the sexual road, we'll help you find your way with guest experts and hot topics about sex, relationships, and your health. You can also connect with the communities of SDC.com for even more advice and discussion. Listen every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Sexy Lifestyle Network
0: listening to pillow talk with cheryl if you have a question or comment about the show send an email to info at cherylbesner.com that's info at cheryl b-e-s-n-e-r.com now back to pillow talk we are back i'm
1: cheryl your relationship coach and this is pillow talk with cheryl the show all about life love and lust your love life. And today's show is really about love and the single parents. And we've been talking about how people deal with being a single parent. And especially just before the, the break, we were talking about how some people, feel that if they don't introduce people that they've started to date because they are a single parent and they might have younger children, they will never be able to form a relationship with somebody. And then it becomes a revolving door for the children because you might be dating Uncle Phil for two months and then that doesn't work. And two months later you're dating somebody else and then Uncle Adam comes in or Auntie Cheryl or whoever it is. So I was discussing that with Mona and Mark, still both with us. And I know, Mark, you feel very strongly about not introducing people to your children unless you're pretty sure because of that revolving door, right?
3: Well, it's it's attachment and and being concerned for, you know, their emotional growth and their attitude towards relationships as they get older. You know, Mm -hmm. if they they see their parents like using your word, the revolving door, or a continuous stream of aunts and uncles that they'd never met before, then, you know, ultimately, uh, this informs their attitude about relationships. So don't be surprised when your own children don't have any, any need or respect for the concept of commitment.
1: And this is also very much, Mona, where there is a difference between male and female. And I can—I don't know if you've experienced the same thing because you have older children. But when you are a single mom and you have boys, they are also very protective and they don't want to see their mother going out with a lot of endless men. And I can tell you when I was first divorced, my children did not meet anybody that I dated for years because I started a relationship and then six months later it wasn't going anywhere so they never met my children because it wasn't you know something committed that I was committed to have you experienced that with any of your kids Mona where they're just like ma you're not dating um or looked at a guy cross-eyed like no 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 no, that's my mom
5: it's hard because you never you can never tell the future you want you're dating somebody because you think that it's gonna go somewhere or you want it to go somewhere. So you both actually have a very good point. You don't want a revolving door. And at the same time, if you have limited time, you almost need to bring them in because otherwise how are you going to get to know them? right? So I think it depends on how you introduce them. If you introduce them as this is my friend and there's no holding hands or anything like that, you're just doing activities with the kids together, that's one way of of just being able to get to know someone, integrating your kids with them, not introducing them as, you know, somebody that, oh, this is gonna be my next forever
1: person. No, they're just friends. We're hanging out, we're going to a movie, we're going to skate. Yeah, well, that becomes a little bit of a challenge. And I will tell you that um, often what you do get met with is, this is my friend. They're like, yeah, is that a friend with benefits? So one of the things that I often um, advise people to do, and if you can do it, this is a great way to do it, is introduce them in such a way that for instance the other person might have a family too that we're going on a family outing a couple you know a couple different families are going apple picking if your children are young and do it as a group activity or if you want to have the person come over like at the beginning of the show that i was talking about uh, this person who wanted to introduce somebody because of her birthday well then do it in a group setting again don't just have that one person necessarily come to your dinner party invite A few people so that it is a bunch of friends coming over and that person is part of that. And then you can start seeing how they interact because that's a lot of concern for people is, well, I want to see how they interact with my children. My children interact. But that's even part of it. You should kind of know how that person is going to act with your children because... You can see that even in the way they interact with your friends or in public or treating the waitress that serves you at a restaurant. Mark, you want to comment on that?
3: I was just thinking of that amazing about that analogy that you just stated. I said, I'm so smart. (laughs) I guess that's why I bought (laughs) my certification. (laughs) I was just thinking that that's such a telling way of knowing. What somebody is like when you go out with them on a first date, the second date, and you're having dinner, and you see how they treat the people in a restaurant, the waiter, the staff. And it, to me, it's such a great indicator of the kind of, you know, either arrogance or respect that this person has for other people. And, you know, the other thing I'm going to point I'm going to make is that kids aren't stupid right they you know this is uncle phil or this is my friend <laughs> that I met when i was doing a workout he's just dropping by for kids are not stupid so treat them with respect and in intellectual respect as well and right. you know but i love that restaurant now it's and and i've known many people that i see how they treat waiters and stuff and i like, woo.
1: compassion is compassion I mean. respect is respect the way in which we talk with the people around us shows us and and again if you're giving yourself enough time to really get to know that person and those lvgs that is a great indicator Um, i wanted to to share um, with you and mark and you at home some of the responses that i got on facebook so paul wrote six months he came up with a number and he said it it's what we decided after my ex and i split we figured the relationship would be solid enough at that point to reveal to our kids also, I don't think you want to wait too long because you also want to see how your partner interacts with your children. Thus, what I was saying before, right? Um, Mona Mark, um, you can see that with in the way they live their lives without the children. Marilyn said it depends on a lot of factors. How long have you been separated? How are the kids coping? How loyal are they to the other parent? And how open are the kids to meeting the other person? Um, the one thing about being loyal to the other parent is they might be so loyal to the other parents, you're never going to want to introduce them to them. So I agree with all the other things that Marilyn said. It's just the, the loyalty. Well, if you've been separated or divorced, let's say for five years, there comes a point where the loyalty to the other parent is something that you have to respect but it doesn't stop you from introducing people. One person wrote in four hours. Mona, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I love the four-hour thing. Um, and I, I do think um, my opinion is in general, it is about it. Mona, last words on that? I think it's a case-by-case. Case. And to
5: your point, too, I w- the group setting is perfect because there, there's no, no one's uncomfortable. Um, Mark, to your point, kids are smart.
1: Mm -hmm. But if
5: you're, you know, cool, calm, collective, you're doing something that you would do anyways because you're going out with a bunch of friends, I think uh, four hours is good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think so, too. I want to thank both of you so much for coming and sharing all your pearls of wisdom. And again, you know what I love about it is that these pearls of wisdom come from experience and it's not just necessarily something we learn in a book um it's something that we see we feel and um share with each other and that's what pillow talk is all about so mark thank you so much for joining us and pe- mark people can get your book how again mark wrote daddy loves you how do they get it
3: on. i guess huh? com, you know
1: Mark Lazar, and the book is Daddy Loves You. Mona Andre, um, how do people find you and your upcoming book? So my book is going to be released late next year. Uh, I'll be
5: putting news out on that. But uh, people can find me at either monandre.com or moxiedude.com, M-O-X-I-E hyphen D-U-D-E.
1: And you do want to check out that blog because it is very funny. Mona has a great sense of humor. Reminds me of my old blog, 365 Days to Find Love. Thank you both for joining us. um, Thank you, Mark. And now this is the time where we get really intimate with each other and um, share some of my words and a little thought-provoking message that I hope you'll take with you into the following week and see if it resonates and see where it takes you. And as always, I'm going to put on my trusted glasses because I'm going to read this to you because I choose my words very specifically. I invite you to take a deep breath and close your eyes if you want, and then just feel these words. I close my eyes and take myself back to the fairytale universe I lived in as a child. My imagination creating the fantasy world where magic happened and I was master of my destiny. There are no dragons here I cannot slay, nor mountains that I cannot climb. There is nothing that stands in my way as I am fearlessly choosing how I want today's story to begin and end. I live in a castle of kings and queens and look forward to the day I am old enough to have my own fairy tale romance and build a castle of our own. I am not yet jaded by the challenges of others around me, nor have I experienced the pain or loss, so I continue to wear my rose-colored glasses." Luckily, that child still lives on in all of us. Imagination gives way to the reality, but we can keep the rose-colored glasses on if we want to see life and ourselves in joyous color. I see me in the mirror now. I see me as that child. I see me trusting, but not naive, as that is what experience has provided. I see me as the loved child, loving myself and knowing how to love others. I see me who has gone through challenges but still smiles daily I see me standing strong yet still maintaining that skip in my step I see me appreciating rainbows but not chasing them hoping to find gold I see me independent yet not afraid to ask for support I see me as I hope others see me see me see all of me as I am me past present and future so i hope some of these words resonate with you because we all do have an inner child within us and sometimes that inner child has to be healed and sometimes she has to fly and sometimes he well he just has to be so whatever that does for you i hope you hold on to it and next week we'll have some more of that in the meantime i invite you to stay all the way to the end don't forget there is a. Contest coming up from our sponsors on the Sexy Lifestyle Network, and you don't want to miss it. Remember, you can also reach out to me anytime you want. 844 744 Solo is my direct number, and I try and get back to you within 24 7. I'm there for you, and within 24 hours, I will get back to you. You can also find me on Instagram and on Facebook. Don't forget, I share lots of great techniques and things you can use every single week that may provoke you into some kind of manifestation that you want to achieve. Practice that labor of love, and don't forget, I invite you always to keep it simple and stimulating, because we all know it's all about the kiss. I'm Cheryl, your relationship coach and the host of this show, Pillow Talk with Cheryl, and I'll see you next week right here on The Sexy Lifestyle.
4: Hey sexy people, if you're ready to start your sexual evolution, we've got some amazing prizes to give away. Some of the great prizes include Womanizer, the most advanced pleasure product for stronger, longer, and more intense orgasms. SDC.com is giving away a lifetime membership to the sexiest online community of open-minded people. Touch from experience, warm. It warms your personal lube, then automatically dispenses it with a wave of your hand. And we can't forget Throws of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket. Keep your bed dry no matter how wet it gets. For your chance to win one of these amazing prizes, simply send us an email at info at with the word contest in the subject line. Your name will be entered into the weekly drawing, and remember to visit our website regularly for a list of the winners and more information about all the amazing prizes and sponsors. Go to thesexylifestyle.com contest page and enter as often as you like.
0: Thanks for being here. Pillow Talk with Cheryl Besner will be back next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. You'll want to make sure you're back for more great pillow talk.